From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages, welcome to another in black and white Saturday special. We are 17 days away from the most important midterm election of our lifetimes, at least my lifetime anyway. And yes, we still have a couple of more of these to do uh, leading up to Election Day. And let me tell you, things are going to get a little interesting still. Uh, I mean, they are interesting. I mean, but I'll get into that a little bit uh, here in just a few moments. But I just want to let folks know, as always, if you want to send us an email with questions, comments, or whatever, you can always send it to inblackandright at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website, inblackandright.net. Uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be uh, working on it over the weekend, uh, get some new things up, uh, up and running. But my friends, as we are quickly approaching Election Day, I just want to take today's episode just to give you a few reminders of why uh, we're voting. What are the real issues, not what the mainstream media tells you or the Democrats tell you? I mean, certainly... One big issue, the economy and spending. Just the news came out with a great story uh, from the staff uh, of the staff of uh, Just the News. And John Solomon has a great team that he works with. Now, the federal deficit, here's the headline. Federal deficit topped $1.4 trillion, with a TR, trillion, in fiscal year 2022, which has just officially ended on October the 1st, nearly 50% above pre-COVID levels. Uh, and, and the subheadline: under Biden, debt accumulation averaged nearly $120 billion per month, figures released Friday show. Yes, my friends, if you think it's bad now, and we still, uh, oddly enough, still haven't seen the third quarter GDP numbers, which is going to be one more nail uh, in the coffin of the Biden regime. I mean, we already have mortgage rates at a 20-year high. Not good. We still have inflation at 40-year record levels. Not good. We still have all kinds of people. I mean, the housing market is still having problems. Mortgage applications are down. This is crazy. Nearly 7%, just a hair short of 7% for a home mortgage now. And the Fed does not seem to be slowing down. Three quarter of 1% increases, one right after another, right after another, in an attempt to slow down inflation. Well, sadly, it hasn't worked. So, what can you do, folks? What can you do? That's certainly a big one. Now, fr uh, on Friday, 
I mean, I mean, my goodness. Oh my goodness. Let's not forget. We are 31 trillion, 31 trillion dollars in debt. At some point in the not too distant future, we're going to be spending a lot of money just to serve the interest on the debt. Forget any other kind of spending. We're going to have to deal with the interest rate on the debt and service it and hope to God there's actually money left. That, ladies and gentlemen, is just stupid. And, of course, Kalulus Joe, again, throwing out the usual tired old DNC talking points in his speech yesterday. Quote, because we are making sure corporations pay their fair share, cracking down on billionaire tax cheats, and giving Medicare the power to negotiate lower drug prices in the future, just getting underway, which lowers one of the biggest costs that government and families have to pay, will reduce the deficit another $250 billion over the next 10 years. Boring. Where have we heard that before? I know I've heard it time after time after time. Face it, Joe. You and your mental midgets, called the cabinet, have screwed up everything. You've screwed up the economy. It's a drunken orgy of spending. And especially after the midterms, when you've got the lame duck session of Congress, it's, I'm totally predicting that the Democrats are, and all the lame Republicans, who are really rhinos, it's going to be one last screw you to the American people before they're out the door in January. Watch. You're going to see all kinds of crazy things go into all kinds of spending bills. And in mid-December, the continuing resolution runs out. So this is going to be the golden opportunity that Democrats and thoroughly screwed up Republicans are going to take and throw another mess at us as we're trying to fix everything the adults need to take over the kids have screwed it up they've squandered opportunity after opportunity and yes there's all sorts of things that go into this whole mess with the federal deficit with the economy with inflation supply chains are still screwed up Energy prices are starting to go up as it gets colder, especially in the Northeast and in the Great Lakes. And it's going to get even worse in December and January when uh, other parts of the country that are traditionally known for having some really rough winters. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're paying more pro you're paying more money to heat your home with either heating oil or natural gas. So be ready for it, folks. Be ready for it. Because it's not going to be easy. And November the 8th is only the beginning, folks. I, I will keep saying that and saying that and saying that until y'all are sick of it. And I'll keep saying it until November the 8th. Because if we don't get it right then, it's sort of, okay, we're done. Last one out. Lock the door and turn off the lights. It's that simple, folks. But anyway, so yes, that's a, you know, Biden trying to buy votes for the deadbeat college kids uh, with this loan for student loan forgiveness, which at least half a dozen states and more coming 
are going to fight against it. They're filing suit. They are totally filing suit in all in in the federal courts. And it might even go to the Supreme Court at some point. Who knows? But this is just not a good thing. It's just not. Another big issue that, yes, folks, it's not going away. And I'm going to keep reminding you. The border, folks. The southern border. More holes in it than aged Swiss cheese. Another great story from Just the News. Record 2.4 million migrants illegally crossed the border in fiscal year 2022. Almost 4 million total under Biden. I think that's actually a little on the low side. Because when you're talking about immigration... My goodness, excuse me, folks. <laughs> oh, battling an allergy here. But when you're looking at this number, I mean... Under Biden, I mean, it's got to be closer to five, maybe six million. Because we didn't catch everybody coming across the border. There are the getaways, or I guess they call them the gotaways, uh, and others. You've got the the drug cartels out of Mexico. All that lovely fentanyl that's flooding your streets in your cities, in your towns. Not just down south, not just down in the south. But all over the country. Yep, you can thank Biden for that. And for the parents of kids who died from fentanyl overdoses. Yeah, uh-huh. You can thank Joe Biden for that. That you no longer have a valued member of your family around. It's just not even close anymore. It's just not even close. Well, let's see. What else are we having to deal with? Ah, oh, yes. Crime. Gotta love that crime, especially if you happen to live in a blue city. Another great story. I'm just doing kind of just the news day. Blue cities bleeding, reads the headline. Homicide rates surging in major cities run by Soros-backed DAs. Ouch. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, because that is a key part of the problem. Uh... Let's see. We're taking a look at this poll that was done uh, by Wallet Hub. I, I have no idea what they are, but apparently they did uh, a poll or doing some studies between July of this year through September of this year. Uh, using they used local published crime data to compile its findings, but according to Wallet Hub. These there were ten cities that had the highest homicide cases per per one hundred thousand residents from July through September of this year. Now this is just not crime in general, not so much property crime or anything like that. This is just homicides alone. So I'm looking at this, the ten cities, and I thought, you know, not really a not really a surprise that they're on there, but in the order in which they're ranked. And so I'm going to do kind of my countdown of these 10 places and what they have in common and why they are nothing more than a breeding ground for all sorts of foolishness. Not just homicides, but gang violence, property crime, 
sexual assaults and everything else. And they're also one of these 10 cities have in common. A lot of them, if not all of them, are sanctuary cities. So let's not forget the homegrown crime. Let's talk. Let's also keep in mind uh, the crime that happens from all of our illegal immigrant visitors. So number 10 on this, which really kind of surprised me in Wallet Hub survey, Chicago. Yes, Mayor Beetlejuice is number 10 on Wallet Hub's list of homicides. Now, per capita. Now, there's no there are even some cities that are even now on the fast track to having record years for homicides alone. Not just crime in general, but just homicides alone. So we have Mayor Lori Lightfoot or Mayor Beetlejuice's Chicago at number 10. And yes, it is a sanctuary city and it's also run by a black mayor. A lot of them have this in common. And, it's, and of course, let's not also, and I will talk about the prosecutors. The George Soros bought and paid for slaves that he has in a lot of these cities. Uh, number nine on the list is Norfolk, Virginia. Kind of sad because uh, a city like Norfolk is right there in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. It's a military town. We have a lot of Navy personnel there. We have a naval base. And that's kind of sad to see that. Um, especially since it is a beautiful part of the Commonwealth of Virginia and the Virginia coast. Uh, number eight on Wallet Hub's list, Philadelphia. Ooh, gotta love that. Gotta love that, Pennsylvania. I mean, you've got a pathetic Josh Sapiro, your current attorney general, who does not give one rat's rear end about the minorities in Philadelphia who are the victims of an awful lot of crime. Business owners. So, yeah, he, I mean, the man's frankly, you know, pretty racist. And, of course, yeah, and I will definitely get to Krasner, who is the uh, um, district attorney, that's the word, the district attorney for Philadelphia and how much uh, pretty much George Soros had to buy, pay, pay to get him to be his nice little uh, lapdog and roll over and get a belly rub and some money as well. <laughs> for his campaign. Uh, number seven on the list, Memphis. Now, I know Memphis can be kind of a, uh, you know, has a little bit of a reputation, but, but wow, I didn't know that they were, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they were having that much of a, a homicide problem. Uh, number six on the list, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hmm, well, hmm, well, I would get into the whole Waukesha case with the demonized defendant, Ugh, but, but apparently Milwaukee is pretty tough. Too bad um, Sheriff Clark isn't there anymore to, uh, to get that city straightened out. Number five on the list, New Orleans, the big easy folks, number five on the list. And I thought, okay, and here we have another city that's run by a black liberal Democrat. Yeah, and 
Well, I guess the mayor uh, is kind of taking the uh, the approach of uh, laissez les bon temps rouler, let the good times roll. Uh, yeah. So this, and it's a woman, and I'm just going. Well, it's not really that much of a surprise that New Orleans has had problems. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, let's see, number four on the list, Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, yes, good old Baltimore. The Apparently, the days of Freddie Gray and what happened with the police uh, in that mess and all the riots that happened there, apparently it hasn't gotten much better. More black Democrat leadership and someone who just doesn't know what they're doing and well that's not really a surprise either with baltimore so yes more crime you know and especially homicides gotta love it number three on the list detroit motown the hometown of my late uncle apparently uh the wicked witch of the midwest hasn't done a really much of anything for crime in michigan that's for sure and gretchen whitmer has got real problems because Tudor Dixon, her opponent, seems to be gaining a lot of momentum uh, two weeks before Election Day in the polls. So, yep, that's going to be interesting to watch as well. Now, number two on the list, Kansas City, home of the Chiefs, home of the Royals. Wow. I didn't, I, I wasn't, when I think of what would be a high murder city, I don't normally think Kansas City. At least I don't. Some people do. But, oh man, that was a, that was a bit of a surprise to me. But number one on the list of the highest homicide cases, St. Louis. Wow, the top two cities for crime, and especially homicides, are both in Missouri. St. Louis and Kansas City, two of its biggest cities. I thought, man, oh man, that's pretty wild. But, hey, you know, let's, the numbers are there. And it's bad enough you have to deal with these cities and high murder rates and inept leadership. You now have to deal with the other component of law enforcement, which is, simply put, uh, district attorneys and prosecutors. The top prosecutors in most of these cities are backed by progressive mega-donor George Soros, a billionaire who spent the last several years injecting tens of millions of dollars into local district attorney races nationwide, backing candidates who support policies such as abolishing bail, defunding the police, and decriminalizing or deprioritizing certain offenses. Well, apparently, George Soros' money got well spent, and he has a nice group of slaves that he bought. And I'm talking Krasner in Philadelphia. You've got Alvin Bragg in Manhattan as prosecutors. You've got Kim Fox in Chicago. There are are cities, these cities, more than likely, I don't think all of them do, but 
uh, I'm sure a good chunk of them do as far as getting a prosecutor who's woke and they won't do certain things. They violate their oath. Now, thank God I live in Florida. I do. Because we have a governor who has proven <laughs> that if you as a prosecutor are not going to do your job, you will be you will be removed. If you don't believe me, folks, ask the district attorney of Tampa. He didn't want to he didn't want to uh, prosecute certain crimes, and Governor DeSantis came down to Tampa and said, "You are done, buddy. Pack up your stuff, and out and you will be escorted out of the building." And people were like, and, and the whining started. There's not enough cheese for that amount of wine. And unfortunately, the district attorney, uh, basically, he wanted to play stupid games. He won stupid prizes, and he played against the wrong guy. Ron DeSantis, having been a Navy JAG officer, and he did it for SEAL Team 1. So, yeah. So, the man has got the stones. He's got the smarts. And since apparently the, uh, the wimpy prosecutor didn't like it, it's like, well, sorry. You know, you can sue him all you want, but Governor DeSantis does have the authority as the chief executive of the state of Florida to remove your sorry ass if you're not going to do your job. Sorry, a little salty today. But I'm just tired of whiners. Even Florida has them. And this is why Charlie Crist is getting many anatomical parts handed to him politically in the polls. Right now, DeSantis has a double-digit lead in a fair amount of polls for the governor's race. So if you're betting on DeSantis to win... The better thing is, see how much he's going to win by. Because I just do not see Charlie Crist, even though he was governor at one time, the man has become a total loser. Absolutely a total loser. So, yes. Uh, so, there's a lot going on. This is part of the reason why we need to pay attention. Stay in the fight for the next 17 days. Now... What I love also, slightly off subject, in Georgia, report came out that early voting is going on right now in Georgia at record pace. A record pace. So, if you're going to be someone who's going to listen to Stacey Abrams, a full-blown election denier, and say that, oh, she, she had it stolen, she had it stolen, it's like, no... You screwed the pooch, Stacey. You just didn't get the job done and whining about it and trying to put forth the false narrative that, oh, voter suppression, voter suppression. Really? Now, Rappensberger, who is not exactly I'm a fan of, but record numbers right now, record numbers just this week in Georgia for the election. Record numbers. So... How can you have voter suppression, Stacey Abrams, or anybody who's dumb enough to support her, how can you have record turnout for early voting 
at a time when you're supposed to say, oh, there's voter suppression. Mm -mm. Sorry. Uh, you have once again proven why liberalism is not just a mental disorder. Uh, it's just a mess. And people who suffer from it are incredibly dangerous. But that's just my little sort of addition to, uh, to uh, Michael Savage's uh, great book. And I would, I would read it. Uh, I would recommend reading it because it'll teach you some things about why the left is so dangerous. Uh, and I mean, on all kinds of levels. Now, these are real issues. You're talking crime. You're talking record illegal immigration. You're talking about the deficit. But let's get into something else. Something that is not a big hit with a lot of Americans. Now, again, another great story from Just the News. Majority of Americans ex oppose sex changes for minors. Now, Trafalgar, great, great bunch of folks, did a poll uh, in, in cooperation with Convention of States Action. It was, oh, it was wild. 96, 97, I should say, 97% of Republicans, 85% of independents overwhelmingly agreed that children should be required to wait if they want to go through all of this uh, sex change, gender dysphoria, gender identity nonsense. Now, even Democrats in this very poll, now, of course, it was only 53% of Democrats agreed with the same thing, but it's still a majority. So you've got Republicans, independents, and Democrats saying in, in majorities and some overwhelmingly overwhelming majorities, kids, minor children getting these gender transition things, uh, operations, the mutilations, and so forth. Uh-uh. Not, no, uh, not until they reach the age of 18. Now, when they're 18, age of consent, then okay. It's a whole new ball game at that point. But to force minor kids who are not 18, if they want to, and having parents indulge them in their mental illness and their dysphoria, if you're a parent who's okay with your minor kids getting these puberty blockers and having these under 18 girls having undergoing double mastectomies and everything, uh, the chemical castration, I'm thinking, if you're a parent who's okay with that, you are one lousy-ass parent. I'm just going to say it. This is stupid. It's not just stupid. It's abusive. It's evil. Now, like I said, age of 18, whole new ballgame. They can make that choice for themselves. And they better find a way to pay for it because I don't think there's going to be a nearly enough American taxpayers who are going to put up with this stuff. Now, if you've got an insurance company that's willing to do it, that's fine. But don't you even think of using my taxpayer money to fund this nonsense. Just don't because I will just call it out. So, I mean, I don't even know why... I mean, there are states right now that have banned this, banned all this craziness for minors. But apparently, 
the groomers, the LGBT crowd, and other such spawns of Satan are saying, well, let the kid decide. It's like, no, no and no. The kid does not decide. Not until they're 18. May, if they want it so dang bad, they can wait. They can wait until they're 18 because at 18, none of this is even... Um, none of this is even a problem because you have the ability to make that choice and you are recognized as an adult. Now, would I uh, be okay with it? Hell, I wouldn't be okay with it at, at 18, 28, 38, or whatever. I'm not okay with it. I don't buy this. This is foolishness. But to enforce this on kids? That's just twisted and it's sick. And what's even worse is that you now have major hospitals throughout the country making big big money off of it. You know, it's it's all about the Benjamins, folks. All about the Benjamins when it comes to medicine. Now, big pharma's bad enough, but now you've got medicine doctors who are like, well, if you're a doctor and you're not okay with this then no that's problematic i said no what you're trying to do is put the squeeze on them to essentially come to your sick twisted way of thinking and being okay with violating the hippocratic oath physician do no harm uh is that something that i misquoted i don't think so because if you want to do this to kids you're and if you're a parent Who's okay to having it done? I, I mean, I, I love what a commentator said recently about this issue. That when they were five years old, they wanted to be a pirate. You know, they dressed up as a pirate for Halloween and all of that. But he was very great. I, yeah, he was very grateful that nobody amputated his leg or put out an eye and put an eye patch over it to indulge him. Mm-mm. This is the same sort of thing. You indulge minors? It's like, well, I don't feel like I'm a girl. I want to be a boy. And the fact that you even have schools that are teaching that, publicly funded schools, screw that. And this is why the, the groomers hate Florida. They hate DeSantis because... And I, I don't know why they are thinking that. They are really pretty twisted. Why are we having to talk about parental rights in 2022? This should be a no-brainer. But now that we have public schools, teach, uh, teachers' unions, and God knows who else trying to undermine the authority of parents. And this is why you have just huge amounts of folks who are stepping up across the country to run for school boards. School board elections are just as important this year as you have for U.S. House, U.S. Senate, uh, governor's races. But I am definitely uh, going to salute any parent that wants to get out there, run for school board, Get called all kinds of names because, trust me, you will. And, and go, hey, these are my kids. 
teachers are not with them 24-7. You're not feeding them. You're not clothing them. You're not helping them when they're sick. No. And I think it's damn arrogant. Damned arrogant of these teachers' unions and school boards thinking that it's all okay. And if, and if you have parents who have object, they're just like, I'm going to go tell Mary Garland. I'm going to tell Mary Garland that you're mean. And you're, go and you're threatening me. This is why people like that, Karens, be they men or women, need to be removed from office and possibly smacked upside the head for being total dipsticks. I mean, we're talking not just problems, mental issues. I mean, mental misfires, to quote a friend. Mentally misfiring supposed adults who want to teach your kids stuff that parents aren't cool with. They're not. Latest example, Dearborn, Michigan. I did the story a few days ago. Not only are you getting parents, you're getting Christian and Muslim parents in agreement. The Muslims are stepping up. And it's the Muslim dads who are taking on the school boards. And I'm thinking, hey... Christian dads, I know you're working hard and I know you're busy, but hey, you know, if the Muslim dads are stepping up and saying, hey, what are you doing to my kid? Then, frankly, the Christian dads need to do the same. Now, the mama bears, love them. Keep doing your job, ladies. I will back you 110%. But guys, time to step up. The ladies are leaving you in the dust. And now you have to have Muslim dads step up and do what y'all need to do. It's like, mm-mm, no. I mean, I know y'all are probably working really hard, but your kids are worth the effort. They are worth the investment of time. And you need to tell these elitist school boards with probably being run by Karen types to uh, leave your dang kids alone. I mean, it's just like the old Pink Floyd song. Teacher, leave those kids alone. And yeah, I mean, I, I hope somebody would actually maybe play that at a, at a school board. That would be kind of fun listening to Pink Floyd. But, but, but yes, folks, this is what we are up against in 17 days. 17 days, my friends, where we decide, we, the American people, decide, not the media, not the Democrat Party, not the, not the wimps who, have, who are raging with Trump derangement syndrome. But no, it's you, the American people, the ones who work hard, the ones who pay taxes, the ones who play fair. You know, you're take, you know if you're going to church on Sunday, you're taking your family, you're playing by the rules and paying your taxes. These, these elites in the media are nothing more than false prophets. They lie they will continue to lie and they will do whatever it takes by hook or by crook to get their messed up uh, agenda and their narrative across to as many people as possible who aren't paying attention and will more than likely believe them. And yeah, I've even seen it from people in churches and I'm like, okay, done, see ya. If you don't care about the country, 
then stay out of the way and let us who do care get it back on track and you can whine and complain later. So yes, folks, these are real issues, real issues that we're dealing with. And yes, I still encourage everybody, stay alert, stay vigilant. 17 days, we're going to deal with this. Just hang tough. But once we deal with phase one, which is November 8th, okay, we'll have a little bit of time to rest, but then we have to get ready for phase two, which is the new Congress being seated in January and hold and ride herd on these clowns, especially the Republicans, because they wanted it so bad. And now they're going to keep to their commitment to the country and to heck with the lobbyists, to heck with the elites, to heck with the establishment. If you don't do your job, Republicans, if and this goes specifically to Kevin McCarthy. If you want to be Speaker, you need to be more like a Newt Gingrich, not a Paul Ryan. And Newt was good. He was real good. The contract with America was brilliant. And if we have to do it again with this commitment to America, you better keep it, McCarthy, and to the leadership. Because if you don't, 2024, when Trump runs again, is going to be a disaster for you. Because you're going you're gonna to need Trump. You're going to need him. And if you're not doing your job, more, he's more than likely to say, hey, somebody primary this clown. Seriously. Because we are at that point. We don't have time for games. So my friends, uh, just hang on. Just 17 more days. And then we can get, and once we get the job done, phase one complete. Then we can prepare for phase two. And folks, it's it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And I, and I will not lie to you. I, I won't lie to you. I'm, I mean, we may get some things done as conservatives, as the America First folks, but probably the best thing that we can get out of the new Congress is gridlock. They can't do anything and cause any more harm, which at the very least gives us a starting place to try to get things fixed again. Because once Biden and his merry band of mental midgets in his cabinet and their and, and their incestuous relationship with the mainstream media. It, it's time to just tell the media we don't care. We're tired of being lied to. We're tired of being lied about. And if you've got a problem with it, go pound sand. Because I'll tell you, there's going to be folks who who are already ticked off. But I'm really hoping that not too many of them are going to sort of, you know roll over and play dead or oh they're not gonna they're not gonna be nice to us it's like of course they're not that's the problem you know you gotta just accept that and just move forward and whatever the media says huh to heck with them just you know screw them and the horse they rode in on i'm i'm not gonna be just okay with the media no if anything after the election, I'm probably going to 
you know, do some do some uh, anal- post-election analysis, kind of do a post-mortem on it. And then after a few days of that, I'm going to take a vacation. The show's going to be... Uh, the show's going to be on vacation for a little bit, so but when I come back from that time, I'm going to be ready for phase two, and phase two is going to be tougher than phase one in that if you've got a MAGA Republican as your member of Congress or they are in the Senate, you need to ride herd on them and get ready because they're going to be tempted to make compromises with the Democrats, which is, uh-uh. There is no substitute for victory, to paraphrase Douglas MacArthur. So be ready. Just let's, we do our job for November 8th, and then we take it from there. And speaking of from there, I'm going to say so long for now. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this Saturday special. Uh, We're going to be back on Monday as we are going to be two weeks away from the midterms and just hang on. It's going to be a it's going to be a bumpy ride, but it's going to be okay. Just stay vigilant. Make your voice heard. Make it loud and make sure your vote, your legal vote is counted. You can also um, just as a brief reminder, if you want to find our audio podcast, you can go to any podcast platform. We're on all of them, large, small, and in between, uh, like Stitcher and Pandora, Apple Podcasts. Just type in in black and right. Uh, just make sure you put an ampersand instead of the word and when you're looking for it in, in whatever podcast platform uh, you go to. And you'll find our trademark, Burning uh, microphone right there. So thank you so much, everybody. God bless. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Maybe pick up some college football or whatever. But for now, my friends, just take care. God bless. And remember, patriots come in all colors. (laughs) 